Good evening. How are you doing? Uh, It wasn't a trick question. Good evening. How are you doing? I am alive. Let's just try that, okay? Let's practice being alive first. Good evening. How are you? I am alive. You're not getting this, are you? When I do pantomime, it goes a lot better. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh, come on. Come on. Okay, would you just stand up and do a little bottom shaking? You need to, come on, just stand up, just a little shake, just a little shake, okay? Let's just, you know, just prove we're alive. Okay, grab a seat. So, um, so are you enjoying the new season? Do you enjoy autumn? Quick show of hands. Okay, you're only allowed to vote once. Who is a, uh, who's a, um, a spring person? Hands up. Yeah, okay. Who's a summer person? Yeah, okay. Who's an autumn person? And who's a winter person? Yeah, okay. So, all right, fair enough. Okay, so here's a photograph that I'd like to say I took earlier. Can we show this photograph? Here's my autumn photograph. There you go. So it's been said, hasn't it, that there's no such thing as bad weather or wrong weather. There's just wrong clothes. Yeah? I, I didn't take that photograph. I hasten to add. Should anyone you know, want to hold me to account later? That's not me. I, I know you're amazed about that, looking at me now. But it, no, honestly, it's not me. Just saying. Um, this is a really... We can take that off now. This is just such a... a <laughs> We can really take that off now. Nick, cancel. (sighs) I could bring you out here and embarrass you, okay? I've done pantomime. I know how it works. I'll give out doing the kid's trick, and I won't give you the sweet bag afterwards at the end. There we go. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a really funny season, isn't it? You know, you don't know what to wear. This morning, it was wet and cold, and then this afternoon, it was sunny, and cold. Um, it's just a really, really funny season, isn't it? You know, so what do you wear? But actually, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time as well, because uh, there's loads of new things happening, aren't there? So some of you are, are students, some of you freshers, some of you second years, third years, start, starting new things. Uh, some of you, you know, jobs and stuff will have kicked off in the new season. Uh, some of you will be, some of you have moved to Cheltenham. There's a few, who's moved to Cheltenham recently, let's say in the last few weeks? Yeah, here you go. Welcome to Cheltenham. Welcome. Yeah, we've really got to practice. Okay, I haven't had time to be boring yet, all right? You have not had time to fall asleep yet. Okay, so are you ready? Welcome to Cheltenham. That's good. That's good. Uh, we're in a new season as a church, as a church family, and we're kicking off with our vision. I just want to very, very quickly, tonight, basically, I'm going to be talking about, the reason I'm holding these books, I'm going to be talking about the next in our series on prayer. And I'm going to be talking about, about prayer, you know, the question, does prayer change things? And I really know that God wants me to say something about all of us in the room, myself included, uh, what we're going to think about are unanswered prayers. Because of what I'm going to say about prayers being answered, straight away in my own brain, my own heart, my own spirit, and I, I'd be just amazed if it wasn't true for pretty well everyone in the room tonight. We're, we'll then have to say something about unanswered prayers. Uh, that, that's where we're going. I've got, I've got two great books. Um, th- this one... A to Z of discipleship. If you're, if you're kind of starting off a bit on the journey of being a follower of Jesus, or you're, um, you're wondering actually about being a follower of Jesus, if you'd, if you'd like to be a follower of Jesus, you know, if that's where you are, or you just want something that's short and snappy and, and very readable, this book, The A to Z of Discipleship by Matthew Porter that's on our bookstore at the back, has got just some great little short chapters uh, they're short and simple, but they are profound. They are, they are speaking truth, and there's, there's one on prayer in there. If you, if you want to go into a lot more, but, but again, really readable and really accessible uh, about prayer, and particularly the, the question that we're going to end up inevitably asking, you know, even if I didn't pose it tonight, you'd have it in your mind about, okay, Andrew, what about the unanswered prayers? Uh, this book, Philip Yancey. Prayer, does it make any difference? 
the title will tell you that it's right on the money for, for tonight. And it's got some, it's got some great things. They're both, both available on our, uh, on our bookstall at the back, and there, there are other books as well. But, but before we get there, hope, hope you know, won't bore anyone in the room. Um, if you're thinking of looking for a church in, in, in Cheltenham, there are great churches. There are wonderful churches across Cheltenham. Such a joy to be in a place like this and be able to go to church freely as well, isn't that? You know, we just take it for granted. So many people around the world can't just go to church freely. You know, there's so many people in the world just can't see me just really freely. Isn't it a privilege to be here? Anyway, um, so if you are having a look around, maybe it'll help you to know what our vision is as a church as we go into this season. So, so we have a mission statement, and there'll be a few people in the room who've heard this before, and I, I, I don't really apologise for repeating. Here it is up on the screens. So this is, this is the why God has, has brought us here, why we exist uh, to, as a church, to make committed followers of Jesus. So we're about following Jesus. We're not about religion we're not about rules or regulations. We're not about just going through the motions. Why, why waste your time? There's good stuff on telly. Why, why waste your time? We're, we're here about following Jesus. And we follow Jesus because we're, we believe that he is the answer to life. Again, if you're here and you kind of you know about God... You know, you, you, you have a sense of, of otherness, you know, about God. But actually, the reason you're here in this season, you've actually decided, September, I want to just start off. I want a different track. I want to go somewhere really significant in my life. Well, we're about following Jesus and knowing God, having a personal relationship with God through Jesus you know, I, I, I meet sometimes people who think God's a bit of a Father Christmas. You just ask him stuff and then he gives you stuff. That's the idea how he's meant to work. Or, or some people think that God is like a big angry headmaster in the sky, you know, just ready to tell you off for all the things you've done wrong. But I also meet a lot of people who just think God is there, but very, very distant. And he's not interested in, in who I am in my life but the truth is God loves you and he wants a personal relationship with you and you can have one with him. And that's what this church is about. And because we're about that, we're about changing communities. We're about changing ourselves. We're about changing Cheltenham. And we're actually about serving God's purposes if he wants us to, to change our nation and to change the world. That's, that's what we're about. Um, so we, we have a vision, though. We, that's, that's the why we're here. The what we're going for now. Here it is. Here's the shorthand. It's about being all in. We, we believe that God is saying to us at this season in our church's life, and if you've been with us on, as a church family over, over a while, you'll, I, I hope you'll understand and recognize why nothing that I'm saying and nothing we're about is, in a sense, really new, but it's newly expressed. It's got new passion to it, and it therefore will have new resonances, new tones to it, new flavour to it. So we want to be all in with God, all in with each other, and all in for the sake of the world. That's what we're about in this season, in, in our vision. And there's those three all-ins. We can put these words up as well. Nick, thank you. You're doing a great job keeping up with me. I think I'm vaguely on track, aren't I? Yeah, that's so encouraging. Um, so that first one, all in with God, is about how you position yourself before God. So, you know, this is what we've been doing as we've been worshipping, as we, as we come to God. You know, do we, do we come to God uh, saying, God, here you are, here's my plan, here's my life, and I just want you to, to bless it. Here's what I've already decided. Or do we actually come to God saying, I know God, you are God. And so we position ourselves. And of course, it's a word that's got kind of a physical element to it. So we can, we can think about, about kneeling before God. But we mean kneeling inside ourselves. We mean saying, I trust and I believe that you are God. And I want to hear you speaking to me. And that's why we're talking about prayer at the moment in these, in these uh, Sundays during September. Our second P under our vision about being all in with each other the, is about partnering. 
And, and that has two elements to it. There's, there's partnering with each other. Because we believe that God has made every single one of us uniquely and specially. That nobody else can serve God in the way that we can serve God personally. I, I don't know, you're here tonight and you maybe wonder, you know, maybe you wonder if there's any kind of, anything special in a sense about you. If there's really anything Unique. Maybe you wonder about your worth and your identity and you, you know, your, your, your face with all these images. You know, on your phone, you look at people's Instagram or, or, or Facebook or whatever it is. You know, I'm just an old man. So whatever it is, you look at it and you see these amazing, wonderful lives that you know the people are not really living. You know, it's only a snapshot of their life, isn't it? Here's me having a great time on Friday night. Here's me having an even better time on Saturday night. Here's the amazing holiday I've had this week. Here's the... And you know you're not seeing the... Here's me on Monday morning when it was really bad. You know, you know no one puts on their storyline the picture of them looking in the mirror thinking, what on earth am I here for? That's, that's the world that's facing us. That's what, you know, I'm trying to buff up with my 24-pack. Because <laughs> the world is saying, if you don't look good, you ain't good. But that is not true. That is not true. We want to partner with each other because the truth is that God made every single one of us uniquely. The Bible says that he, he knitted us together in our mother's womb. The Bible says that there's no one else who can have your personality, your character, your gifts, your relationships. No one else can be you. You're the only one who can be you. And so you're the only one who can serve God in your particular way. And, and God says, this is all about us. This is all about us sharing our different bits together like a jigsaw puzzle to make an amazing picture. And we want to be better. We want to be better at, at doing that. That's our vision. We're a really, you know, we're a big church and that makes it harder, not easier to, to blend together and to partner together. So we know we've got to give ourselves to it. We've got to spend time and energy and effort doing it. And that's what we're committed to. All in with each other. And our third one, planting. All in for the world. And maybe that's a bit more obvious to be involved in what God is, is doing in the world and, and planting new stuff, new bananas, mission ideas, going to one of the things that we can do as a church. And again, I say there are so many good churches, the family. I mean, we've got some interesting cousins and some odd uncles in the family of Christians out there, but there are so many good churches. One of the things that we can be as a church because of who we are, our size and our style, is we can we can really go for it in some places that other churches might not find that so easy to do. And that's what we want to be about. I've said a few times, forgive me, every speaker only has one talk. I hope you realise that by now. I've said a few times, 98% of people, 98% of people who you'll meet tomorrow, wherever you're going to be, have no connection with any faith community, with any church. 98%. God's calling us to, do, you know, to be part of doing something about that. That's our third P. So there you go. But my little health warning, which I've shared a few times, I don't think I've shared it in the evening yet. This passage from Acts chapter 2. So when the new Christians were getting going, Jesus had come, done everything that we hear in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And then we get into the book of Acts, which is the What Happened Next book, if you didn't know that. And in the What Happened Next book, it talks about the beginnings of church and what Christians did. And here's, here's some verses from Acts uh, chapter 2, 42 to 47. And what we see is that 
that God added, the Lord added daily to their number. They grew day by day in a way that we would love to because, well, not because they had a great vision slogan. Not, Not because they had some amazingly gifted lead pastor. Not because they had a really loud band. Not because they had really modern technology. They, it was because you can see it for yourself. They were devoted. They were devoted to the things of God. It's back to that P, back to the positioning thing that we're talking about. So just a little health warning. Any church's vision is just tactics. But hey, listen, we're talking about prayer. Because uh, that first one, positioning, let's get into land then. Let's, uh, let's get to the real stuff tonight. We're talking about prayer, and we've, this is the third one. Uh, so we talked, first of all, Gareth talked about prayer as, as worship, about positioning and coming before God in, in worship. So uh, I, the Lord, Jesus, taught us how to pray, and here's, here's the first bit, isn't it? He said, our Father in heaven. So the first bit of prayer is adoration. The first bit to having a relationship with God, to speaking with God, having a conversation with God in a personal way, is adoration, is looking up to God and recognising who he is. And so what we realise is that, and, and if you come on the Alpha course, and can I just say, Alpha is so good. Alpha is so good. And by the way, if you don't come the first week, you won't have the choice about whether or not you want to keep coming. If you don't come on the first week, you've already cut off half your choices. If there are any philosophers in the room, we could have a great debate about that, but that's, I think, right. So at least come the first week and then decide whether you want to or not. On Alpha, you get a chance to think about the truth that we're responding to God reaching out to us. We're thinking on Alpha about, we didn't go off and try and find God and say, hey, God, would you like to be God? Would you like to have the job? We'll we'll, we'll give you the job description. God has revealed himself to us. So can I tell you, you're not here by accident tonight. You know, you might think that you just sort of ended up here by accident. I don't think that's true. I, I think God wanted you here tonight. That's a little bit interesting, isn't it? So we, we're responding to God and we respond to, to what God has done uh, to the world around creation. We respond to his, his word. We respond to, to scripture, to, to the Bible. God speaks to us through his Bible and, and we respond to what God has done for us. So here we were. Here's God. We we're meant to have a, a perfect relationship, but, but rubbish gets in the way. We call that sin. It gets in the way. And God has come down and taken that off us and onto him on the cross. That's what Jesus did. And so now we can have a perfect relationship with God again. And so prayer is, first of all, responding to that. That's what we were thinking and then secondly, last week, we were thinking about listening, weren't we? Our, our, oh, sorry, I have two quotes. C.S. Lewis, in commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. What an amazing thing. And then Pete Gregg, a guy who leads a movement called the 24-7 Prayer Movement, says this, that the adoration, prayer, is climbing into the Father's lap. That's, that's the beginning of prayer. What an amazing, amazing thing to think about. God's not an angry headmaster in the sky. He's a perfect parent. But then we asked the question, didn't we, last week, are we listening? David was helping us to think about, are we, are we listening to God? There's a verse in, in the Bible where Jesus says that uh, my sheep follow me. They follow him because they know his voice. Have we got that slide, Nick? I might have skipped one by mistake. I'm getting it carried away. There you go. There's the verse. He, Jesus is talking about himself, goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
And then I, I put a slide up when I was speaking on this uh, in the morning last week. But here's a slide which just, the Bible is full of all the different ways that, that God speaks to us. They're just going to go up, Nick, that's great. So the, the Bible says that God speaks to us through things around us. That God speaks into our hearts and into our minds. And he also speaks directly. The question is, though, are we listening? That's what David was helping us to think about last week. Are we listening? Do you know the difference between hearing and listening? I've got two daughters. If I say, can you hear me? Or if I say, are you listening to me? They're two different things. Yeah, Dad, I can hear you. But I ain't listening there's a story told about, about President Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Roosevelt. He was a president a long time ago. Someone studying history at the uni will tell me when. Um, and it said that he used to get really bored. He was president of the United States of America. And uh, he used to have lines of people every day he used to have to shake hands with as they went past. And he got, he got more and more cross because he just knew that they weren't listening to him. You know, he would say things to them and they'd sort of just completely ignore what he said and said, oh, thank you, Mr. President, thank you, because they were a bit stunned. So he, he, one day he tried to have an experiment. And as people came along the line, and as they shook his hand and said, hello, Mr. President, he whispered under his breath, I've just killed my mother-in-law. And they would go, oh, thank you, Mr. President, thank you. And then the next one would come, go, I've just killed my mother-in-law. Oh, thank you for having us, Mr. President. And this happened all the time. They just weren't listening. Maybe they were hearing the words. Until the last person in the line, is, uh, the story is that it was the ambassador from Bolivia, the country Bolivia. And the president, you know, goes and goes, goes, I've just killed my mother-in-law. And the ambassador from Bolivia was the first person not only to hear, but to listen. Because he just went. And then he leant forward and said, well, Mr. President. Oh, so I can't do a Bolivian accent, sorry. See, <laughs> si, Mr. President. Probably she deserved it. Do you know the difference between hearing and listening? God is speaking. Are we listening? Is a question. Are we going to turn on and tune in? A bit like that, those old radio stations, you guys. I'm so old, I can remember when you actually had... Yeah, this is true. You actually had to move a dial... No, really, honestly, you had to reach out with your finger and move a dial to tune into a radio station. That's how bad it was when I was growing up. That's how tough life was. And sometimes it didn't immediately tune in. And I wonder if it's a bit like that with some of us and God. That's why, again, as a church, we're bothered about positioning because positioning is making time and space. When, when does God get the time and the space to talk to you? I mean, I mean, actually, maybe, when are you listening? I, I showed this picture again. I like this picture as an image of guidance. So... If you're, if you're trying to reach a harbour at night, and there's a few people who know a lot more about this than me, so please don't, please don't spoil it by shouting out the correct answer. Just pretend that I know what I'm doing. But it's something like this. If you were sailing across a dark sea and you were looking for the harbour to go to, if you could see just one light one white light, you would know roughly the direction to head in. But actually the truth is you wouldn't know if you were going to go into that light and then into the cliff beside it or actually into the harbour. So the lights have different colours to show you which is on the left and which is on the right. 
And there's a line of them. And so you follow the lights to get into safe harbour. And if you've got some stuff that you're asking God, especially if you've got some big stuff that you're asking God and you're trying to listen to God, then look for some lights that are lining up. God's made the first move towards us. How are we going to respond? See, there's a promise in, in two chronicles, a book in the first part of our Bibles, the Old Testament. Probably that's a little bit small for some people to, to read, but, but here you go. Two Chronicles 7, there's a promise that God makes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, there's that positioning again, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. God promises that he hears our prayers and he promises that prayers change things. That's the story of Christians down, down the ages. It's the story of the Bible. Do you know that on, uh, when, um, uh, when uh, Dunkirk happened, when 380,000 soldiers, allied soldiers, were rescued from, from France... There was the threat that those 380,000 soldiers, all of them, could have been wiped out. The entire armies of this nation could have been, been wiped out by Hitler. And uh, so there was a call for a national day of prayer. And right around the, the whole country, in churches across the country, Christians gathered to, to pray. And Winston Churchill, the prime minister at the, the time, described it as a miracle of deliverance. The first answer to those prayers was the weather, a storm, uh, uh, sorry, the sea was the calmest it had been for 30 years so that the private ships could get across to rescue the troops from the Dunkirk beaches. But, but meanwhile, a storm blew up where the Luftwaffe, the German Air Force, were based so that they couldn't take off. And secondly, Adolf Hitler made one of the most mis inexplicable decisions in any war situation, he held back his forces. Just at exactly the moment, it would have been right and obvious to press ahead. Lots of us know the story of Dunkirk, the miracle of deliverance. Not so many know about the day of prayer. Jesus said this, Jesus said in Mark, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. The promise of the Bible, the promise of Christian history, the promise I know of lots of our lives in this room is that God hears and answers prayer, and prayer changes things. But of course, Jesus' words there, let's just put them up again, Nick. Jesus' words here stretch our faith. And they stretch our faith beyond its limits. Jesus' words here, if you really read them, do not stretch your faith just as far as you're happy to go. He stretches us and pushes us beyond what we already know. Because he says that our prayers will be answered. See, I don't have any problem at all with the prayers where I can see how the answer might happen. I don't have an incredible difficulty with praying prayers again that I've prayed before and I've seen God answer. My tough prayers 
are the ones which I can't see an answer yet in. And I cannot see how God is going to do anything about it. And yet that's what Jesus says to do. Jesus says to pray in this kind of way. A couple of things that I, I, I know I can say to make sense of it. The first is that, that prayers most commonly change us personally. That's the, that's the first thing that happens when you really pray seriously is that you get changed as you pray. Very often you discover that you are the answer to your own prayers. That's a truth. Maybe you've not experienced that or recognised that yet. Maybe God is even right now saying to you, you know what? You know what? That's true. Especially if we are tempted to be giving God lots of shopping lists of prayers, of things that he could do. Or we're trying to suggest ideas that he might not have thought of as neat solutions to the problems that we can see. How many times does God say, Andrew, it's actually about you? Secondly, I know the truth as I try and think about the prayers that stretch me. Secondly, I know the truth that it's about praying in line with God's will. I know that is a second massive, massive truth. So in the Jesus prayer, he tells us to pray our Father in heaven. Then he prays us, tells us to pray, your will be done. And so I know the truth is that God has chosen to work in partnership with us. God has somehow said that aligning my will, putting my will in line with God's will makes a difference in the world. I don't know how that works, but I know that's what God has said matters. And so I, I know that when I pray, I've got to be conscious of, have I asked and listened for God's will? So that I can be praying in line with his will. Jesus said, pray that the kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. What he meant by kingdom was that God's rule in life, God being in his right place in a situation, as it is in heaven, will be on earth. And so first, as I say, I know I need to recognise that I may be the answer to my own prayer. Secondly, I need to recognise that it's about praying it's about praying in line with God's will. That's a second truth. I, I know that intercession, the word that sometimes we followers of Jesus use for prayer, to intercede on behalf of, is to stand in between, to be in the gap between this situation and between God, crying out to God. I know that's what intercession means. But what about the ones that don't fit with that? Okay, some prayers are frivolous, aren't they? Dear God, can I have a Porsche? I think I really need it. By the way, we do have someone tonight who needs a car for a really good reason. It's not a frivolous prayer. And if anyone has a car that a young person could use, see what God says to you about it. But I don't need a Porsche, sad to say. So okay, there's frivolous prayers. I mean, there are contradictory prayers, aren't there? There's, you know, if the farmers are praying for rain and the athletes are praying for it to be dry. Okay. The Bible says there's, there's, there's blockage. The Bible says that if you are basically sticking two fingers up to God by sinning, by going against God's will and keeping on doing it, then you should not be surprised that your prayers don't get answered. 
Bible also tells me that if God keeps speaking to me and I keep listening, but I then don't do what God says, that that is a a damaging thing on our relationship and my prayers will not be answered. But even with that, all of those things that are true, there are still unanswered prayers. And Jesus presses me. Jesus says, Andrew, if you want to have faith, you've got to go there. Jesus says, you've got to be taken beyond, Andrew, what you know. Jesus says, Andrew, you've got to be taken beyond what you can see. Because it becomes a question of true faith. Do I believe that God, who sent his own son to die on earth, and had to let him be killed, has ultimately won the victory? Do I believe that one day every prayer will be answered? Am I called for my faith to be stretched and stretched so it is faith? Is it true that Jesus doesn't want me to understand and and, and notice my lack of faith and my struggle in faith, not not to shame me, but actually to grow me. Please don't hear this wrongly. That's not the same as saying that God sends bad stuff. We live in a world that is broken because of sin. I don't believe in a God who sends bad stuff to make me love him. But is it true that in the reality of this world, God does not want to shame me with the things that I don't understand, with the stuff that I really want to talk to him about when I see him face to face, so that He can grow who I am. He can say, Andrew, this is when it gets real. When you get to the end of all the things you think you know because you've been to Vicar Factory or whatever. This is when it becomes real. I love the thought about a jigsaw puzzle. It helps me. Can we put that picture up, Nick? I probably moved over loads of slides that I was meant to show. There you go. This is the one we're going to finish on. You know, I look at my life and I look at other situations and I can see so many, many jigsaw puzzles, pieces that are missing. I really can. And so what I've decided is that all I can do, but actually I think it's quite a good can do, is to pray for the pieces to pray for the pieces that I can see not to focus on the gaps but to focus on the bits that are coming into place and actually I can look back in my life and I can see so many many times where God has done things that I just knew nothing about There were some things that I did see and I prayed into. But actually his solution, his answer, has been in all the missing pieces. But it it wouldn't have helped me to try and 
look for the missing pieces, would it? It's the bits I can see. I don't don't know why God does, when we pray here, I don't know why God does heal some people and why he doesn't heal other people. I I don't know. I I don't know why um, some people have massive financial difficulties and things going on in their lives and when we pray, God, God provides answers and then someone equally deserving appears to get no answer at all. I do not know the answer. I can choose to trust, though, that there is an answer. I can choose to say that I believe that the God who came himself down to earth in Jesus and died on a cross, who paid that price, is the one who has the resurrection answer. And in the meantime, I can pray for the pieces of the, pit, the puzzle that I can see. So tonight, I, I, I really want us to pray into unanswered prayers. That's tough, I know. <laughs> Be so much easier not to do this. But because, you see, I've got no idea what's going to happen, that's why I know it might be God. So would you like to stand if you're able to? And what we do is, in this church, we just spend a moment or two asking God to come. If you're you're new to this, we believe that God is with us now. God, the Holy Spirit... Uh, And that means God in us, in our hearts, in our minds, as, as well as in the whole of this building. And our Bibles tell us to invite God to come and to touch us in fresh ways. And so that's what we're going to do. So you might find it helpful to just open your hands. You might find it helpful to close your eyes. You don't have to. None of this will make any difference in one way to God. But it, but it actually is a sign from us. It's me saying, here I am, God. And I, I, want, I want you. I want what you have for me. And, and if you've got your hands open, or you can just imagine... Perhaps particularly any unanswered prayers, prayers that certainly don't seem to have been answered yet for you. And let's just say, Holy Spirit, God, would you come? Please, God, please, Holy Spirit, would you come? Here you go. Here's here's where I really need you. Here's where I really need to hear your voice. Here's that thing. That person. That situation. Holy Spirit, we... uh, Holy Spirit, we need to know if... um, need to know if um, if we're the ones that need to change in some way if we, we need to know if we're the answer to our own prayer and maybe we need to say sorry to you Holy Spirit if we've been avoiding that truth and Holy Spirit we need to know maybe some of us if we've been praying in line with your will And Holy Spirit, we need to know if, if, there's, if there's anything getting in the way of your answer to our prayer. If, if there's anything in me that is wrong. 
if there's anything in me that's a blockage, Holy Spirit, would you just come and show me? Because I know, I know those things you can, you can deal with quickly. I just say sorry. I just say what Jesus did on the cross is enough. I believe. I ask forgiveness. But Holy Spirit, God... We need to know where these prayers are stretching our faith. Holy Spirit, we need to know where you're just saying to us, this is where you have to trust. Again, if you're not used to this, we're just waiting just to see what God says. Some of us might be feeling something in our bodies physically. Some of us may have a a picture that's in our minds. Please, more of you, Holy Spirit, more of you. Yeah, that's right. Just try and keep going. It's a bit uncomfortable to be quiet like this for as long as this, but... You may, you may only hear God's voice like a little whisper at first. But then you become more certain that it is God. It's almost just like a half whisper at first. Yes, please, Holy Spirit. Please speak. I, I, I sense there's a few people in the room where God is, is just saying... You've got to decide. I think God is saying to you, you have got to decide whether or not you are going to say, yes, I trust you, God, or not. It's kind of like you're right on the edge of saying it, but you're almost waiting for God to do a little bit more. And I think God is just saying, you've got to decide. If you want to say, yes, God, I trust you. Please come, Holy Spirit. More of you. Thank you, God. Now, look, you could do this for a thousand different reasons. But I'm just going to invite you, if, if you want to just come, you, you just know that you, you need to do something. Maybe for yourself or somebody else. You, you know just it would be helpful and good and right for you to have somebody just very gently to pray for you because you just know that you need to, you do need to move. I, I want to invite you to just come to the, to the front so that we can, we can just pray for you. If God's just saying to you, yep, yeah, that's you, just come and stand at the front just because you want someone to pray with you, maybe a tough thing. It, it could be for someone else. I, I really have a sense that you, this doesn't have to be just for you. This could be a, a, an unanswered prayer situation that you know about. You know, it could be for a whole country, town, community. It could be for the whole floor of your halls of residence. It could be for your workplace. It could be something massive that's going on in your company that you know is wrong and you cannot see how it can change. But also, it can just be for you. That's great. Just keep coming. Be so brave. Go on. Have courage. Have courage. It's God who's doing the inviting, not, not me. Have courage. Just take a step forward. That's great. That's great. Well done. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. And would some of the guys from our church family just come and gently pray? And what you do when you pray is you just quietly pray first you ask God what he's doing first this is God's stuff it's not our stuff it's God's stuff so just gently pray put a hand on a shoulder and just say more of you God whatever you're saying whatever you're doing thank you God and if you haven't come forward would you just pray from where you are just pray for you can see people who've had the courage to come forward just say God whatever you're doing in that person I'm praying for them now 
whatever might be their unanswered prayers or their tough stuff. I'm just praying now. Thank you, God. More of you, Holy Spirit. More of you. More of God. Got some people needing prayer. Uh, A lady down to my left down here. Young woman down to my left here. Uh, Young woman over to my right, far right over there as well. Can we have a few more women to come and pray, please? That would be great. Thank you. Need at least three women to come and pray, please. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Far right. Just down here in the centre, just to the right, my right. Just here. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Thank you. And another another woman just right far, far left over here, please. If another woman could come and pray, it would be great. Thank you so much. Just right over against the wall. Thank you, Sue. I think there might be one or two more people who want to come. We're not going to finish just quite yet. Keep praying if you're a... Keep praying for people. You might want to turn to someone you've come with. and We've all got unanswered prayers. We've all got unanswered prayers. How could someone pray for you, with you? Please be the answer, God. Please be the answer. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Please be the answer. We're just going to sing very quietly over these guys. Uh, There'll be some refreshments beginning to be served at the back. Don't feel you need to go quickly, but if you do have to go, go with God's blessing and his desire for you to know the answers to your questions. Blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. If you want to stay and just sing quietly with us and pray and praise, please do. And you can keep coming to the front for prayer if if you get prompted to do that. But we're just going to quietly worship together as these guys continue to receive prayer.